0: For recording for us this amazing conversation. And uh, thank you most of all for leaving the glory and the splendor of heaven to take on a human body so that you could seek and save lost people like this Samaritan woman. So you could seek and save lost people like me Lord so that you could seek and save lost people like all of us would you meet us today as we dig into this conversation teach and instruct and open our eyes help us to hear clearly from your word and we invite your spirit to be welcome today in your church and all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice can be seated. John writes, now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. That's interesting because uh, scholars and commentators and archaeologists tell us that there was more than one road from Jerusalem to the area around the Sea of Galilee. Um, there were actually at least three roads. Perhaps there was some kind of back roads, but at least three major roads that led from Judea to Galilee. Um, and one of those roads was the road that most Jews normally took. If you were going from Jerusalem and heading back to Sea of Galilee, most of them would take the long way home. Would add an extra two or three days to the trip. Why? because most proper religious Jews would never step foot in Samaria. John is saying here, Jesus, look at it, I just want you to see, Jesus had to go through Samaria. And the reality is, if you're looking at road options, no, there were other options. But Jesus had to go through Samaria, Because Jesus knew there were people in Samaria that needed to be offered eternal life. Understand, he had to go through Samaria because that was a part of his agenda. That was who he was. He had to. Verse 6, it's noon, it's hot in the Samaritan village of Sychar. This was not the time when people normally went to draw water. This was the, the hottest part of the day. Uh, gets really hot in this area, 90s, hit 100. Normally they went early in the morning or later in the afternoon or early evening when, when it calmed down weather-wise, the, the temperatures let off. Commentators suggest this woman came in at noon because she knew she'd probably be the only one there. She she probably came to avoid the crowd. She probably came at noon to avoid the whispers and the gossip and the snickers about her and her position in life. Uh, Verse 7, Jesus is all alone at the well. His disciples have already gone to town. Verse 8, for lunch. Jesus in his humanity was tired and thirsty. He's sitting at the well when the woman approaches to draw her water. And look, verse 7, here's what Jesus says to her. Excuse me, would you give me a drink of that water? Would you be willing to share your water with me? I'm really thirsty. And her answer to Jesus for his request for water is, verse 9, look at it. Um, You're not supposed to be talking to me. Don't you understand social etiquette? Don't you realize you're a Jewish man and I'm a Samaritan woman? Don't you know that Jews don't talk to Samaritans? And especially it's not proper for a Jewish man to talk to an unknown woman. Even if they're Jewish, but it's doubly bad. I'm not even a Jewish woman. What are you doing talking to me? You have to understand a little bit of history here. When Israel was judged, the northern tribes, they were forced to intermarry with the Assyrians. So they became half Assyrian and half Jew. Now the Jews refused, denied them entrance into the temple. No, you're not a full-fledged Jew. Therefore, you're not allowed, Samaritans, to come to our temple for the feasts and the festivals and to sacrifice animals. No, you're not welcome. That's the history. So the Samaritan said, okay, you won't let us in. Verse 20, you can look at it. Uh, we'll build our own temple. We'll, we'll develop our own system of worship on Mount Gerizim. And they developed their own law They took some Moses and they sprinkled in a lot of their own ideas and they added in some customs from Assyria and they developed their own little religion. Okay, that's what's going on now. Pious Jews, religious Jews of Jesus' day, they would rather walk an extra two, three days around Samaria than step one foot on the land in their mind of these half-breed reject sinners, we want nothing to do with them. We won't even step on their land. Matter of fact, if you look at John eight forty-eight, you can write that down, look at it later. But it says, to call someone a Samaritan was to call them a profane curse word. Okay, So if you wanted to really say something bad, Myron, you lousy Samaritan, uh, that was really about as bad as you could get was to call someone a Samaritan. Uh, That's how little they thought about these Samaritans. So now, I just want you to see, Jesus had to go through Samaria. He's willing to break social customs. He's willing to speak with an unknown Samaritan woman at high noon right there in public. Why? Why, Jesus, are you breaking all these rules? Why are you going to tick people off if they see what you're doing? Answer, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did he do this? Uh, because that's his mission. That's what Jesus was all about. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is to ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you've got nothing to draw with. This well is really deep. Where are you going to get this living water you're talking about? Are you greater than Jacob? Who gave us this well? Are you greater than his sons, his livestock? Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water, you get thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. What does the woman say? <laughs> I like the sounds, verse 15. Give me this water so I won't have to keep coming here to draw water. Samaritan woman, woman at the well. she thought Jesus was talking about indoor plumbing. I think she thought Great, Uh, then I can just avoid having to come here and getting laughed at and talked about. I'll never have to haul water again. But verse 16, Jesus forces her to look inward. I don't know if you saw that, what what Jesus says. uh, Go call your husband, come back. And she says, well, I have no husband. You're right when you say that. Matter of fact, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with right now, he's not your husband either. (laughs) This woman's greatest problem is my greatest problem. What's this woman's greatest problem? Tell me. She's a sinner. (laughs) And what's my greatest problem? What's Pastor Jeff's greatest problem? And now, what's your greatest problem? I just want you to understand, very clear, he goes right to her greatest problem she's a sinner. And we looked at this last week, just shows us Jesus didn't come to earth to make bad people good, Jesus came to earth to make dead people alive, okay? And we're all dead. Every one of us here today, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Now she wants to kind of change the subject, okay? Now she realizes, I'm a sinner, um... Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about uh, politics. Let's go somewhere um, and notice what she does. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. (laughs) Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. That was the hot topic there in Samaria. Uh, Where is real worship? Is it at Mount Gerizim? Or is it on the temple in Jerusalem? Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Interesting. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, has now come, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in alignment with truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. woman said, yep, I know. You're talking about the Messiah, the Christ. He's coming. When he comes, he's going to tell us and explain all that. I know that's really hard stuff. And then Jesus declared, look what he says, I, the one speaking to you, I am I'm the Messiah that you just mentioned. Okay, Jesus gently gives her truth. He doesn't doesn't shy away. Salvation comes from the Jews. You need to worship based on truth, based upon God's Word and the Holy Spirit taking charge of it. You Samaritans are not basing your religion, your worship on truth. I like the fact Jesus doesn't sugarcoat or bury truth, but he does it with kindness. He's not rude, he's not harsh, but he speaks the truth with love. I'm telling you, sinners are hungry for truth. Verse 26, and then he points squarely to himself. I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, the Savior who's come to bring eternal life. Now, verse 27 the disciples return from buying lunch. And you can imagine, verse 27, they return and they're surprised, they're shocked to find him talking with a woman. <laughs> but no, none of them dare ask, why are you doing this? So, why are you talking? But nobody says it, but they're all thinking it. And then look at verse 28, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I just have met a man who told me everything about myself. Could this man be the Messiah? I think he might. They came out of town and made their way toward him. It's pretty cool. Jesus' encounter with a sinful woman, and now suddenly she runs to town, shares what happened, and now a lot of people in the town are coming out to find out for themselves. Slide down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. This is cool. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him, please stay with us. And he stayed two days with the Samaritans. And because of his words, Jesus' words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said. This is good. Now we believe for ourselves. And we know this man really is the Savior of the world. This man really is the Savior of the world. Here's the truth. If we're not careful, give me your eyes. We become insulated and isolated in holy huddles. Because it's way easier not to have to rub shoulders with the Samaritans. It really is. It's, it's really safe and we've got holy huddles going along and no longer are we having to go out and speaking to the Samaritans around us. Therefore, we have to go back again and again to the example of Jesus. We have to go back again and again to the clear commands of Jesus. I'm just telling you, just naturally, I'd, I'd rather hang with you. I'd rather hang with the family. I, I'd rather only talk and rub shoulders with the sheep. Clear commands of Jesus, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Here's the idea. Go, and the word go has the implication, and as you're going and as you're living your day, every day our responsibility is to be making disciples of everywhere we're going. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay? So first of all, get the Holy Spirit on you and filled with the Holy and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then that verse I keep talking about, Luke nineteen ten, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Son of man came to seek and save Jesus' mission, his passion, his focus was to come to earth and seek and save sinners like this woman. Seek and save sinners like me. To seek and to save sinners like like every one of us. Like every one of us. That's what we are. This sinful woman was searching for love in all the wrong places until Jesus searched and found her at the well. Did you notice? She she had a hole, a vacuum in her heart. She was looking for something. She was looking, uh, husband, one, two, three, four, five, and she's on six. She's looking for something, anything to fill that hole until Jesus found her at the well. Just as Jesus said, i got to go through Samaria. I have to. There's a woman there. There's a group of people there who need to hear the best news ever. And Jesus knew the best news ever was the news of salvation that he was going to bring them. Question. Do you believe there are still people in northern Michigan who need to hear the good news about Jesus? Can I ask you? Do you? Okay, a few of you have got an answer. Okay, this is group participation time. Okay, how many of you still believe really sincerely there's, there's, there's lots of people around us who need to know and hear about the Jesus we already know? Do you believe that? Okay, so therefore we have an obligation to follow the lead and the command of our commander. Does that not make sense? And I've discovered that often the most receptive people to what Jesus has done in our lives are those who are hurting. Those who are desperate. Those who, who are literally at the bottom of life. Those who are in great need and discouraged and depressed. They tend to be the most receptive to our message. People like this woman at the well. So... If we're going to follow Jesus' example and lead, we, we need to go. We must go to the Samaritans of northern Michigan. I'm going to list a few of them. You'll probably think of a few more. But we must go to the jails. Lots of folks who are in jail awaiting sentencing, uh, oftentimes they're guilty. And they know they're guilty and they've done something wrong. And now they need to know Jesus, the guilt buster. And lots of folks in hospitals and in hospice and in nursing homes, they're sick, they're dying, they're desperate, and they need to know this great physician that we know personally. Do you understand? So so they're desperate, and now we can share about the great physician who brings healing and hope. We must go to the funeral homes. We must go to those who've lost loved ones. Why? Listen, give me your eyes. Because we know the Good Shepherd who walks through the valley of the shadow of death with folks who are facing death and with folks who've lost friends and family to death. We know that Good Shepherd. They need to know him too. We must go to those with addictions. I find that many times those folks in Celebrate Recovery on Thursday nights, the folks at the Nehemiah house, the folks at Mary Margaret house, they're, they're facing a life and death battle with entangling sins. Guess what? They're very open to the one who can break the power of the chains of sin. I'm telling you, they, they're, they're open and oh, by the way, did you know that our Celebrate Recovery group on Thursday nights is growing? But the folks there to listen and care and share are lacking. Some of you should be a part of that on Thursday nights. Well, I don't have addictions. Yeah, but he's given you victory over whatever entangled You can be there and share and love and care Thursday nights, 7 o'clock. Look back what the Samaritans say. I like this. Last part, verse 42. I've heard about this Jesus for myself, and here's what they say This man really is the savior of the world. This Jesus really is the savior of the world. Do you believe that? He's really this, he saved me. And he's the Savior of everybody I'll ever walk around and bump into. Everybody the Lord puts in my path. He's the Savior of the world. Now, I read a bunch of commentaries getting ready for today. And one commentator, pastor by the name of Ray Steadman, he got promoted to be with Jesus. But he, he kept talking about this old hymn. And I thought, yeah, nice, nice, Ray. But the more I I thought about it, it, it's this uh, song um, called Hallelujah, What a Savior. Anybody remember that one? Uh, Anyway, now, the last several days, I can't get it out of my head, so I'm just going to share it with you. Um, If you had the hymnal in front of you, I'd probably have you sing it with me. But it's kind of like a funeral dirge. And I'm just going to read it to you for a second. It says, Man of Sorrows, what a name, (laughs) for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a Savior. There's some ruined sinners around you who are desperate for you to speak up about Jesus to them? I'm just telling you, I'm convinced there's lots of women at the well, men at the well, just like this woman, and they're just waiting for us to start talking about what Jesus has done in our... You don't need to be fancy. You don't need to have all your theology and doctrine in order. Just share what Jesus has done for you. They're desperate to hear. Let's pray. Lord, uh, lots of ruined sinners here today in your church. (laughs) Except, Lord, uh, you've reclaimed us. You've gotten the good news to us. Somebody spoke to us about the Savior, Jesus. (laughs) Wow. So, Lord, uh, would you uh, right now put on our hearts, our minds, some desperate sinners that you've placed around us. We're just waiting for us to speak up. So would you speak and we're listening. Give us names and faces. Neighbors, family members, friends who are in great need of Jesus. And we're not going to be rude or crude or nasty, Lord. But Lord, as you bring opportunities, help us to follow your lead and your command. Because you came to seek and to save lost sinners. And you came and you found us. You searched us out, Lord. And now, Lord, help us to understand we too must go through Samaria. There's lots of Samaritans out there sinners around us, and Lord, it's it's often unpleasant, and yet that's exactly where we were before you got a hold of us. Would you give us courage? Would you give us boldness? Would you help us to be aware of opportunities in this week ahead? And now as the ushers come forward, Lord, we're going to receive this benevolent offering, that we take every time we celebrate communion. Lord, uh, I know that there's folks who need the encouragement and the support that's behind these gifts we're about to give. So uh, I pray for those who are in need in our community that we help out in the needs program. I pray for those in the church family who need some encouragement as well. Might these gifts... Shine real bright in all of their lives. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray.